Everybody brace yourselves. I've got some crazy answers to your questions today on BibleStudyPodcast.org, starting now. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to BibleStudyPodcast.org. Today is Wednesday, April the 9th of 2008, and I'm your host, Toby Logsdon. Today happens to be the second Wednesday of the month, and every time it's the second Wednesday of the month, it's time for questions and answers. And I didn't get a whole bunch of questions from you guys this month, although I got a couple yesterday after I had uh, already kind of, you know, started working through my answers to your questions. So I'm sorry, but uh, one of them was about Joyce Meyer. Uh, I'll I'll try to answer that one next month. And we got a couple other good questions. I'll try to answer those actually next month. But, you know, I think I've said before, uh, if I get to a point where I start getting enough questions from you guys, you know, we can do this. You know, we could make this a weekly Saturday show or something. Um, It's up to you guys. You know, it's a matter of whether or not you guys send your questions in or not. So... We did get some good questions today, and uh, I might make some people angry, but that's always a risk when you are committed to teaching the Bible. But anyway, I hope you guys are having a fantastic week. I hope you guys are having some good weather and that you're out enjoying it. Uh, I haven't been able to get out and enjoy the good weather. I've been locked up trying to focus on my schoolwork, and I still need your prayers on that, so please keep me in prayers. Although we've gotten the whole house painted except for one room, the office. So once we get this place cleared out, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be ready to get this house on the market, because, man, I am ready to get moved out of here. I'm ready to, to move to Arkansas or Missouri and plant a church. But, uh, man, I can't wait. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started with today's lesson. Of course, this is a Q&A lesson where you guys send your questions in and I give you my answer. So anyway, Sess writes, quote, I sent you a message on MySpace, and I did get that, thank you, Sess, regarding your opinion on the Zeke Geist movie, and I would also like to know about A Course in Miracles, which you must have heard about. Uh, Yes, I have heard about it. Anyhow, she continues, some of my friends are taking this course and also promoting the Zeke Geist movie on their MySpace page. I would like to approach them with an open-minded and well-versed, quoting Bible verses, answer to their questions. Please let me know your thoughts, as I'm sure many of your listeners are also concerned. And, uh... Thank you, Sess. That's a very good question. Thank you for sending that in. And I think my listeners would also be concerned if they realized what's going on. So thank you for bringing this to the attention of any listeners who might not be aware of exactly what Oprah is promoting in this A Course in Miracles book that she's uh, that she's promoting. But that's not the only book that she's promoting. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Okay, so you want to approach your friends with an open mind, and you want to be well-versed with an answer to their question, or their questions. Uh, I would personally try an approach like this. Uh, Something hypothetical. Ask them to imagine that you had prepared for them a very nice drink on a hot day. I mean, some, some, you know, beautiful-looking drink, uh, knowing that they've got to be thirsty because it's so hot outside. You know, it's in a nice decorative glass. It's got that little wedge of orange on the on the side, you know, kind of half in, half out. Um, and, it, you know, maybe it's got one of those little fancy umbrella things to add some aesthetic appeal to it. You know, it, it looks delicious. And so now imagine that. Just as they're getting ready to take a drink, you tell them, wait a minute, 
I need to warn you, there is a teaspoon of cyanide in there. But don't worry, it tastes so good. I mean, this drink is just delicious. You'll love it. And besides, look at how pretty the glass is. Look at how pretty your drink is. You know, and then ask your friends, would you still drink it? And if their answer is yes, well, either you've got some crazy friends and you might want to call a psychiatrist, um, but, you know, if their answer is no, you know that they have a good head on their shoulders and they can be reasoned with. And this illustration actually just serves to demonstrate exactly what Oprah is doing. I have personally, personally witnessed her denouncing Jesus as the Savior. I have seen her and heard her denounce Jesus as the only way to God with my own ears and my own eyes. She teaches that there are many ways to get to heaven. Friends, there is only one way to get to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth and the light, and nobody comes to the Father but through me. Paul said that if Jesus wasn't raised from the grave, our faith is in vain and his teaching was in vain. Do you know of a place that there are many ways to? I do. It's a place called hell. Yes, there are many ways to hell, but there's only one way to heaven, and that's through faith in Jesus. And while Oprah is saying that there are many ways to heaven, I think she's got it a little bit backwards. She's leading people right into hell with that type of theology. Oprah is now promoting a book titled A New Earth, and it's uh, it's actually on the front of her website. The very first thing on her website when you go there is this book that she's promoting called A New Earth. In fact, she said, and I'm, I'm, I witnessed her with my own eyes. I witnessed her with my own ears. I witnessed her say that she believes that it's her purpose in life to promote this book called A New Earth. And this book teaches that God is something to experience. He's not someone or something to put your faith in. Now, I don't know how much more obvious it could be that Oprah is proselytizing the world with satanic doctrine. Yes, I'm saying that Oprah is driven by Satan. And friends, it's time for all of us Christians to pull our heads out of the sand and say enough is enough. We will not approve of Oprah or her new age satanic theology any longer. The fact that she has been as successful as she has been is a perfect demonstration of this phenomenon referred to as the dumbing down of America, which, you know, actually was most obvious when people were watching, uh, you know, MTV Beavis and Butthead back in the 90s. But I mean, you know, here we have in Oprah, we have a woman who has never had a husband telling people what to do with their marriages and how to have a happy marriage. I mean, how would she know? Here we have a woman who has never had a child telling our parents how to raise their children. Well, how would she know? And here we have a woman who is Antichrist. She's not the Antichrist, but she denies the necessity of salvation through faith in Christ. So here we have a woman who is Antichrist telling us what to believe about God. I know, I know, I know, I know that she does all kinds of good things, like building schools for poor kids in Africa and, you know, doing stuff like that. But all of that is just part of the illusion. She puts just enough poison in her message to make the whole drink poisoned, just like putting a teaspoon of cyanide into this beautiful and delicious drink. Satan himself is not this ugly, beast-like creature with blood dripping from his fangs or, you know, anything like that. You know, that's saved for the horror movies. No, Satan comes disguised as an angel 
of light. He looks beautiful. And that's exactly what Oprah is doing as well. For those of you who, I don't know, for whatever reason, you, you doubt my credibility or you doubt what I'm saying, you doubt that Oprah is Antichrist, I have posted a link to a YouTube video on today's lesson. Today is April the 9th, 2008. All you have to do is go to that lesson on BibleStudyPodcast.org and you will find a link to that YouTube video where she renounces Christ as the Savior, renounces the necessity of faith in Christ. So follow that link and you can see for yourself all the types of things that she's teaching straight from the horse's mouth. You know, I would urge all of you to avoid Oprah at all costs and encourage your friends to do the same. And, you know, you said you wanted to have some verses for your friends. Well, there's um, there's John 14, 6, which is the one that I already quoted, where Jesus says uh, he's the way, the truth, and the light, and that he's the only way to the Father. Then there is Acts 4, 12, which says... Uh, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Or there's Romans 3, uh, verses 23 and 24, which say, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Oprah is a liar. Oprah is a deceiver because Jesus is the only way. There are many, many, many roads to hell, but there's only one way to heaven. So I hope that answers your question, Seth. And if you have any uh, need for clarification or anything, you know, go ahead and send me another email. I'd be happy to, to work with you on this one. But thank you, Seth, for your question. And for those of you who haven't already turned me off for talking smack about Oprah, uh, our next question comes from Rick, who asks a couple questions to follow up on our preterism lesson by asking, first of all, who is Antichrist? The preterist points to Hebrew numerology and gives narrow Caesar the number of 666. They even go on to say that a textual variant of 616 as the number of the beast is not a mistranslation of Mero's name, translated into numbers using a different spelling, I believe Greek gives the 616 and the Hebrew spelling gives the 666. Secondly, Revelation does not mention the destruction of Jerusalem, which they say is strong evidence it was written prior to 70 AD. Sproul, R.C. Sproul that is, Sproul in his book, The Last Days According to Jesus, recognizes that this is an argument from silence, but he says, quote, the silence is deafening, end quote. Well, thank you, Rick, for sending in your questions. Those are good questions, good follow-up questions on our preterism lesson. Um, so to answer your first question, there are actually several reasons to reject the possibility that Nero was the Antichrist that was prophesied of in the book of Revelation. First of all, Revelation wasn't written until sometime between 90 and 95 A.D., most scholars agree with that, you know, and that's 20 to 25 years after the destruction of Jerusalem. But we're going to come back to this when we answer your second question further. And, you know, maybe more significantly, Nero didn't do what the Antichrist was prophesied to do. He didn't establish a monetary system that people around the world adopted. He, uh, he didn't force people to take a mark on their foreheads or on their right forehand. He didn't go into the temple and demand that people recognize and worship him as God. He didn't establish or break a covenant with the nation of Israel halfway through that covenant. You know, the list goes on and on. Nero did persecute Christians, yes, and that is what the Antichrist will do, yes, but that's about the extent of it. That's about the only thing he did that 
that the Antichrist is prophesied to do. The fact that his name, numerically, is either 666 or 616 is, is really irrelevant. It's necessary for the Antichrist to be identified by 666 or 616, but you can't say that it's conversely true that if someone's name is identified by 666 or 616, they must be the Antichrist. I imagine there have been thousands upon thousands of people who could be identified by 666 or 616. So if we were to put this into the form of a syllogism, it would read, if a person is the Antichrist, his name will be identified with 666 or 616. Nero's name is identified with 666 or 616. Therefore, Nero is the Antichrist. This is as invalid as saying, If Nero was in a plane crash, then Nero is dead. Nero is dead, therefore Nero was in a plane crash. This is called the fallacy of affirming the consequent. You're allowed to affirm the antecedent, but you can't affirm the consequent in a valid argument. So that whole argument is completely shot down. So no, Nero was not the Antichrist. He didn't fulfill the prophecies of the Antichrist. So, in response to your second question, Rick, it's true that the destruction of Jerusalem isn't mentioned in Revelation. R.C. Sproul is right about that, but really... How odd is that? First of all, Revelation isn't meant to be an historical record. Rather, it's a record of God's revelation. Secondly, between 20 and 25 years had passed since the destruction of Jerusalem when the book was written. It was no longer on the forefront of people's minds. Just like, you know, I don't imagine that in year uh, 2026, um, people are going to be mentioning the 9-11 tax in New York in the letters that they wrote. Just like we don't mention the Vietnam War in letters that we write today. You know, and further, uh, maybe most significantly, R.C. Sproul fails to make note of the fact that the, the book of Revelation is addressed to all of the active churches, but the church of Jerusalem isn't mentioned. Where is Sproul's head on this one? Honestly, I have no idea. But this really sticks out as an obvious factor that, uh, you know, Dr. Sproul has apparently overlooked. When Jesus is addressing all the churches, where's the church at Jerusalem? Well, obviously, they're not listed because... They were destroyed. So uh, I would say stay away from R.C. Sproul's stuff when you're reading about end times because obviously he misses some pretty obvious things. But, you know, that's probably obvious to you guys by now. But anyway, thanks for your questions, Rick. Those are good questions and good follow-up questions. And uh, hopefully that was something that everyone can learn a little bit of something from. So our last question of the day comes from Todd, who writes, I've really enjoyed your lessons about homosexuality so far and can't wait for the rest. I talked to my biology teacher about whether there is something in our DNA which makes people gay, and he says there is evidence that there is. He said that one example of proof is that animals sometimes practice homosexuality, and that there is a video he can show me to prove it. What do I say to that? Well, thanks for your question, Todd. That's a good question. And I actually have a couple things to say in response to this. And, uh, you know, don't take these and, um, you know, don't take them as you know, an attack on your teacher. That's not what I'm trying to do. First of all, as I said in our lesson on homosexuality last year, uh, whether or not there is a genetic predisposition to homosexuality or not is really irrelevant. If a person were genetically predisposed to, to commit murder, 
and he did murder someone, we wouldn't consider the fact that they were uh, genetically predisposed to murder to be a valid justification for their actions. They're not going to get away with murder just because they've got a genetic predisposition to murder. Uh, you know, there have been studies that have actually shown that people are genetically predisposed to be more violent than other people, but that doesn't give them an excuse to go around and beat up other people or, or to be violent. So really, genetic predispositions can't be used as a legitimate justification for behavior at all. Keep that in mind. And as for the second part of your question there, um, that various animals have shown homosexual behaviors and, uh, well, you know, I, I look at that and I say, what does that prove? I mean, animals eat their young too. <laughs> Should we do that as well? You know, some animals eat their own. Should we do that as well? Uh, you know, if you want to take this to an extreme, some animals eat their own feces. I'm sure your teacher would agree that we shouldn't do that. But hey, you know, if your teacher wants to do that, I suppose that's his own business. Just uh, maybe try avoid shaking hands with him. But the fact is, uh, we have something that animals don't. We have the ability to reason. We have intellect. We aren't controlled by our instincts. Animals don't sit there and think to themselves, saying, you know, I think I feel kind of gay today. You know, <laughs> that's not how it is. Rather, they, they follow their instincts and they just get it wrong sometimes. But it's not by a deliberate act of their own willpower. It's not something that they sit there and contemplate. It's not something that they do intentionally or anything like that. So, anyway, I hope that helps you, Todd. Thank you so much for your question. And again, we did get a couple other, you know, pretty good questions, and I do want to address those, but I'm going to have to wait until next month, unless I get a bunch of questions from you guys, in which case, you know, like I said, maybe we can start doing this on Saturdays or something. I don't know, because I really like doing the, the Q&As. I think that's uh, a neat way for me to get in touch with, with you guys and to know what you guys, uh, the issues that you guys are facing. So, anyway, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Keep growing closer to Jesus. This lesson has been brought to you by BibleStudyPodcast.org, a paraministry of Clean Slate Evangelical Ministries, which is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry based in Monroe, North Carolina. While our desire is that your primary giving be done with your local church, if the Lord is leading you to support our ministry, we do depend on your support to keep our ministry going and growing. If you feel the Lord calling you to support our ministry, you can go to BibleStudyPodcast.org and click on support on the right hand side you can make a tax deductible donation from there by doing so you'll be helping us to reach multitudes of people each and every month from around the world who just like yourself desire to find answers and meaning in scripture we thank you for listening today and we pray that the lord blesses you and draws you closer to him keep growing closer to jesus